Welcome to the Real Life Weight Loss Podcast, where we cut through the confusion and get down to the truth about what really works for real people when it comes to losing weight, having incredible health, and a body that you love. We believe that losing weight is really about gaining life, doing things you never thought you could, having renewed confidence, and enjoying your body more than ever. I'm your host, Corey Little. Now let's get to it. Hello, my friends. Welcome back. This is episode number 257, and today I'm going to explain some stuff that you might say out loud, or you might have said out loud a lot, (laughs) or things that you may think that is just really deep down sabotaging you. Originally, I entitled this episode, Saving You From Yourself, because that's a phrase that, (laughs) honestly, I kind of like. Unfortunately, through the years, I've struggled with recurring lower back problems and lower back injuries. Some of you may be thinking, what? Really? Holy crap, Corey. Like, I thought you were Mr. Fitness and you were never injured and blah, blah, blah. Nope. Nope. It just goes to show we never know, right? We never know what's going on with someone else. And so as I've worked with physical therapists or corrective exercise specialists, one guy in particular who I've worked with off and on every month when he would kind of update my program and and help me get to a better place with my body, a, a place of less pain and, you know, to be able to do the things I love in life, he would say, okay, what, you know, give me some feedback. And every time, every month I would say, dude, just save me from myself, (laughs) save me from myself. Because if you don't guide my workouts, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm just going to go super hard. Like I was a bodybuilder for 10 years. I'm going to go crazy and I'm going to hurt myself. I'm going to push myself too hard and do stupid stuff. I want you to save me from that. Save me from myself. And so In that same light, in the same vein, I was thinking, man, what are the things that I hear people say or hear people do? And I'm like, oh, this is sabotaging you. This is not the best approach to losing weight. This is not going to lead to the success that you want. And so I just quickly made a list. I made a few notes and we're going to jump into it right now. So these are, this is stuff that you might say or think that is really sabotaging you. And I want to try to help save you from yourself. You ready? Here we go. One, two, three man, I got to start eating better. Start eating better? Okay, that's that's great to say, but what does it even mean? What does eating better mean? Does that mean eating less carbs? Does that mean actually starting on a diet? Does it mean cutting down on your fat intake? Does it mean just eating smaller portions? Like, what does eating better mean? What does eating healthier mean? These are terms that are thrown around that have no real substance to them, and so our brain is confused And confusion is the enemy of taking action. Confusion is the enemy of consistency. So when we throw around vague terms like, man, I got to start eating better, got to start eating healthier, in in a way it almost like slightly will guilt us or shame us, but it doesn't give us any real actionable items to move forward with. So that's number one. Next up, number two, you know, food is just fuel to me. Eh, Food is not just fuel to anyone. Maybe if you're a high level Olympic athlete training for your training to be, you know, to achieve your gold medal. Yeah. For a period of time for high level athletes, I know I get it. I've been there. I've worked with these people for a period of time. Food can be just fuel because you are so laser focused on your goal, but this is the real life weight loss podcast. This isn't the high level athlete prep podcast. No. So food is not just fuel to us. If you're anything like me, you freaking love food. (laughs) I like my food to taste good. I love desserts. I love heavy, indulgent meals every now and then, right? Food is not just fuel. And so when we try to take on this mantra and force it into our brain, if I want to get results, then food needs to just be fuel. That's not a lifestyle that I want to have. That's not a life I want to 
live. So that's just, to me, a ticking time bomb. And while in the short term it may get us results, just like that athlete who has a very specific goal, the Olympics or their competition, whatever coming up, in the short term it may work. But that's the thing. It's only short term. I want to get results and have those results for the rest of my life, and I want to enjoy the crap out of my life. And food is just fuel doesn't fit into that because we're not robots. Next up, man, you know, Corey, food is really not that important to me. You know, I'll eat whatever. I just don't know what to eat. That is total BS. <laughs> food is important to us. If it wasn't important to us, we wouldn't always go out to eat with friends. We would just say, hey, why don't we sit down at a bookstore and talk and catch up? Food is really important to us. And the whole concept of, oh, I'll just eat whatever. I just don't know what to eat. Just tell me what to eat, dude. No, no. I've been a young, naive trainer and nutritionist. And when people said this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be the easiest client ever. So I would just tell them exactly what they needed to eat in order to achieve their goals. And they never did it. You know why? Because food is important to us. Even if you don't think it is, you derive pleasure from what you eat. And even if you say, well, no, Corey, that's not true. Okay, well, you get in a rhythm and a rut with what you eat. And changing that is hard. Food is important to us. It matters. So food is not just fuel. And it's not just a matter of knowing what to eat. There's a lot more that goes into this whole weight loss, self-improvement, health improvement game. Next up, uh, you know, I really don't like sweets. Oh my goodness. If I had a quarter or maybe a dollar with nowadays with inflation, if I had a dollar for every time I heard someone say, oh, you know, I really don't like sweets. No, it's just not my thing. And then within the same day, I turn around and I watch them eat a piece of pie or a candy bar or whatever. I'm like, mm, you really don't like sweets. And, and then sometimes I try not to be a jerk about it, you know, because I am that nutrition weight loss dude, right? And I'm over there scarfing down dessert. I, I certainly don't want anyone else to feel bad about it. But like every now and then I'll be like, are you enjoying that? I, I really didn't think you were much of a sweets kind of guy or, or, you know, I really didn't think you were into sweets. And they'll be like, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I could take it or leave it. Really? Well, then why don't you just leave it? Because you like it. That's why. <laughs> and you can say you really don't like sweets, but we like sweets. We like sugar. And some of you may be going, Corey, you're totally wrong on this. I'm more of a salty, savory kind of person. I get it. There are those people. There are people that I know who would much rather have a, you know, a, a dense, heavy, uh, you know, savory, salty kind of food versus something that's really decadent and rich and sweet. I get that. But those people, from my experience, also like sweets. Maybe they don't eat them quite as much as other people, but they like them as well. Next up. Oh, this is one of my favorites. Oh, man, I love vegetables. Oh, Corey, I love vegetables. Okay, let's get real with it. Honestly, if you're really honest, if we pay attention and we track it, you may love them, but you don't eat them like ever. I can't tell you guys and gals how many times I've worked with someone and they're like, oh, veggies, vegetables are good for me. Great. No, no big deal. Like, I love vegetables, man. I eat them all the time. And then if we ever do a food journal, it's like, do you, eat do you eat vegetables at breakfast? No. Who eats vegetables at breakfast? Okay, okay. Do you eat it at lunch? Oh, yeah, I always have, oh, let's see, I have like some lettuce and tomato on my sandwich. Okay, lettuce and tomato. That's sort of kind of vegetables, but definitely not even a full serving. Do you have any other ones? No, no, I'll have like chips with my sandwich, I guess. Okay, what do you have for a snack? Oh, I'll have like a granola bar or RX bar or whatever. Okay. What about dinner? Uh, you know, it's whatever my wife makes. Uh, it's whatever we pick up after the kids practice. You have vegetables with that? Uh, sometimes I have a side salad. So wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on. 
you love vegetables and you think you eat them a lot. But when we really go through your day, the proof is in the pudding, my friends. You're not even having one, maybe one and a half servings of vegetables in a day. But you've convinced yourself that you're having them because you can boldly proclaim that you love vegetables and maybe a lot of other people don't. Now, some of you may be like, Corey, that's not true. I love vegetables and I do eat vegetables on a consistent basis. Well, here's what I challenge you to consider. Do you love vegetables when they're covered in butter <laughs> or smothered underneath cheese? Or do you just enjoy vegetables if they're steamed or, you know, uh, blanched? Or I don't even know what that means. Uh, whatever. If they're just basically cooked without a ton of oil or butter or cheese. Or God forbid, do you actually enjoy vegetables raw? And you may say, yes, I love vegetables. I go to a salad bar every day at lunch. That's amazing. Is your salad coated and drenched in tons of oily or sweet dressing with a huge amount of other stuff on it, crackers and croutons and nuts and cottage cheese and hummus and this and that. Corey, I thought all that was healthy. Uh, look, I'm just talking about what we do to our salads. I'm going to do an entire episode on salads and salad bars sometime, okay? Anyways, I love vegetables. Maybe you do, but there's a really good chance that you don't eat them hardly ever and you get one serving or less per day and or when you eat them, they're covered in butter or oil or they're smothered underneath cheese. And so then the question is, do we like vegetables or do we really just like butter and cheese? <laughs> Next up, you know, Corey, like, I, I mean, I'm a texture eater. You're a texture eater. That, so that means you prefer to have a certain type of texture to your food. Newsflash, my friends, everyone is a texture eater. Nobody wants to eat food that's a crappy, horrible texture. Maybe there's certain foods that you don't like and you've just said it's because of the texture. But whatever, it is what it is. It doesn't matter if it's flavor or texture or, or any other element of eating. We like certain foods and we don't like other foods. And I don't think there's any special category known as texture eater. We just have foods we like and we have foods we don't like. And a large part of learning to lose weight is learning to like some foods that maybe in the past, eh, we didn't care for too much. I'm not talking about foods that make you gag, but just foods we didn't care for as much. Next up on this list of things that might be sabotaging you. You know, Corey, hey man, listen, what do I need to do to lose weight? Just tell me. Like, what do I need to do, do to lose weight? Three, two, one. But I'll go ahead and tell you, man, I ain't giving up my whatever. I ain't giving up my beer on Friday and Saturday night with my buddies. Corey, I'll tell you, I'm not giving up my coffee in the morning. I like to have my coffee, my coffee drink. I go by the local Starbucks or the local coffee shop, and I get a blah, 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 blah with this and this and this and that in it. And that I, that's just my treat. I'm not giving that up. Well, Corey, let me just go ahead and tell you, man, uh, like, tell me what I need to do to lose weight, but I'm not giving up my wine at night. I'm just not. Okay, I hear you. And so I've talked about this before on the podcast. This is basically saying, I want to change without changing because here's what I've noticed. And here's the thing. You may very well be able to lose weight without giving up that thing. Absolutely. I'm not saying that you have to. But what I've noticed from people who start with this <laughs> intro, what do I need to do to lose weight? But I'm telling you, I'm not giving up this. What I've noticed is that I'm not giving up list is a lot longer than they think. And when we start to chip away at other things, they don't want to give those up either. And so that's something I would encourage you to think about. If there's something you're not willing to give up, and I'm not saying you need to give it up. I 
say this in my coaching group all the time. I want you to be able to lose weight while getting away with as much as you can. I don't want you to give up something that you love just for the sake of giving it up. No, I want you to lose weight in as easy as of a way as possible and to get away with as much as you can. Life's short, man. I want to enjoy dessert and delicious food and all the good things of life. But I also want to maintain a healthy weight and I want to be healthy and feel good and have good energy. And so what we try to do in the group, what we do in my coaching group is to find the easiest way possible to do that while giving up the smallest amount of things that you really enjoy. And in actuality, you're never giving them up, really. You might reduce them, but you're never giving them up. And so that's another thing about this statement. I ain't giving up my so-and-so. I'm not giving up whatever. If it's a really, if it's a realistic and well-thought-out program, you should never have to totally give up whatever it is that you love. Next up on this list, man, you know, I just... Court, I just need to get motivated and really stick with it. Need, a lot of times these phrases come together. Need to fill in the blank and really fill in the blank. Need to and really. And whenever I see that or I read that, it, it oftentimes, or, or hear that, it's oftentimes like a red flag. Because it's like a the first statement, need to, is almost saying, I'm not feeling, so I need to get motivated. Let's take that one, for example. I just need to get motivated. That's basically saying, I don't feel motivated, and I struggle with motivation, and I think I need that. Hence, I need to. I think I need that, and I have to have that in order to make progress, in order to be successful. I just need to get motivated and really stick with it. So it's the first thing, I need it to be successful, and then the second thing, really is indicating, and I've never been able to do this before. <laughs> I need motivation. I don't have it. And I need to, I want to really stick with it because I've never been able to stick with it before. Need to and really are oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes telltale signs of someone who is driving the struggle bus, waving the weight loss struggle flag out the window. Need to, got to, really stick with it. Really, really is almost a way of us trying to convince ourselves we're really going to do it. I talked about this quite a bit a few episodes ago, but like really anytime you're saying or thinking really, I'm really going to do this this time. It's almost like you're trying to convince yourself. I'm really going to stick with it. Okay, I hope you do, but I think that's more of you trying to convince yourself. And plus, guess what? Whatever that thing is you think you have to have to be successful, motivation, inspiration, Whatever, you don't need that. You don't have to have motivation in order to stick with it. And that might be part of the problem. I just need to get motivated and really stick with it can be a telltale statement of someone who struggles because they think they need motivation in order to really stick with it when they've never been able to stick with it because motivation, it's a fact of human nature. It comes and it goes. So watch out for that statement. And if you hear it or you hear someone else say it, you have a little bit of insight now to be able to kind of sidestep it and overcome it. Next up, man, you know, I can eat the same thing every single day. I, I, I'm, you know, this comes right back to, you know, food's really not that important to me. Like I can eat the same thing every single day. So if someone would just tell me, you know, and then the next, the next part of this, I'll, I'll just eat whatever you tell me. I can eat the same thing every single day. Food's not really that important. These oftentimes come in a big sandwich. <laughs> and the reality is, some of us can eat this a similar thing most days for maybe one meal. But very few people, 
if anyone wants to eat the exact same thing every single day, we need some variety. We want some variety. And even if you're like, no, dude, I could eat the same thing every single day, every single day. Okay, that's fine. But the other fact of life comes in. Every single day is not the same for most people. We live in a world with other people and friendships and relationships and family and kids and responsibilities. And a lot of times you don't even get the opportunity to eat the same thing every, every single day. So when someone says, man, I'll just eat whatever you tell me. No, you, first of all, no, you probably won't because, okay, I'll tell you, eat. <laughs> I heard a guy say this years ago. He's like, you want to know what to eat every day? Eat a can of tuna and two rice cakes and a cup of steamed broccoli and eat that four times per day, five times per day. Uh, I thought I would eat whatever you told me, but that just sucks. Is there anything else I can eat? <laughs> exactly. You don't want to just eat the same thing every single day and you won't eat whatever I tell you. You'll eat whatever I tell you as long as it's foods that you like. That's what's baked into that. Corey, just tell me whatever, tell me what to eat and I'll do it every day as long as it's stuff that I like. And as long as every now and then, quote unquote, every now and then, as much as I want to, I can go have lunch with my friend. I can just eat the kid, the rest of the kid's corn dog after their softball practice. Gang, these things are not helpful. They're not realistic. They're not real. Even if we kind of sort of slyly lie to ourselves and convince ourselves they are, they're not. Next up in my desire to save you from yourself. Man, God, I got to lose weight. I'm just going to cut out sugar. I'm just going to cut out gluten. I'm just going to cut out bread. I'm just going to cut out whatever. First of all, this whole concept of cutting out, I call it like racist weight loss. <laughs> it's like all sugar is bad. All bread is bad. It's not all bread is not bad. All sugar is not bad. And it all it's also hilarious to me when people say, "Oh, I'm going to cut out sugar." And then they're eating fruit all day long. Fruit's full of sugar. You're not cutting out sugar and they're like, "Corey, well, I'm just cutting out like processed sugar." Okay. And then the next day they have a granola bar and it's like, "No, you're but Corey, the it's made with honey." It's sugar. It's sugar. Your body's not making a difference. It's not differentiating. It's not differentiating between the honey and the granola bar and the processed sugar. You're eating sugar. So don't say you're cutting out sugar. Plus these things, as I said, I call it racist weight loss. Like we're just categorizing foods and then demonizing them. That's not helpful. And it's not true. And as far as research shows us, Unless you have celiac, there's not a good reason to cut out gluten. If you want to try it, you can. It might improve your digestion, but it's not necessarily going to help you lose weight. There are a lot of gluten-free foods that are way less beneficial for weight loss than some of the gluten-containing foods. So our approach to weight loss can't really be simplified to cutting out a certain group of foods. Instead, we need a more holistic approach that helps us to understand more about foods and the benefits and drawbacks to various kinds of foods because food shouldn't be demonized and seen as evil. All foods are just situational, not good and bad. Next up. Oh, yeah, I'm doing keto, man. Well, I'm doing keto, but, you know, with a little fruit. Or I'm doing keto, but, you know, I'm still having my morning smoothie. Okay, let me be clear about this. Then you're not doing keto. <laughs> if you're having a little fruit or sneaking in a morning smoothie that's full of fruit or some sort of carbohydrates, and you're not doing keto, you're doing a lower carb diet, sure, but not keto. Keto is, I've talked about this before on the podcast, keto is basically you forcing your body 
to do something it really doesn't want to do. It's like a fail-safe, uh-oh, holy crap, the crap hit the fan kind of situation. Your body's preferred source of fuel is carbohydrates. And you must starve it of carbohydrates. I mean starve it, like maybe 20 grams or less per day, 15 grams or less per day. That's very, very, very low amount of carbohydrates. You get, that's a half of an apple a day, period. That's it. Not to mention the carbohydrates you trickle in from other little foods here and there. It's a very low amount of carbohydrates. You have to starve your body of carbohydrates to the point that it's like, oh, crap. We got to shift to our secondary, our backup form of energy, and that is ketones. And ketones are basically fat fragments. So your body takes fat and it chops it up into these fragments that it can use for energy, ketones. And that is not a pleasant process. That's why people will often call it the keto flu. As your body's transitioning from its normal carbohydrate burning metabolism into a ketone burning metabolism, it doesn't like it. And it will often make you feel absolutely terrible. It literally feels like you're in the beginning stages of the flu. You might have a headache. Some people will get maybe even a little nauseous or really fuzzy headed. Some people, some people even might have chills. And this will last for half a day to a day. And then once your body, once it clicks over into this ketone burning state, then you feel a ton better. Matter of fact, some people say they feel better than they do eating carbohydrates. Well, Corey, why didn't you tell me about this? That people feel better doing this. Great. Yeah, that's good. That's great. Until you eat carbohydrates again. And then you take yourself out of keto. So if you're like, well, I'm kind of doing keto. No, you're not doing keto if you're kind of doing it. I'm doing keto, but with a little fruit. No, you're not doing keto. You're doing a lower carb diet. And I'm not judging you. And I'm not saying that's bad, but you're not doing keto. Okay, next up. You know, I, I got to get this weight loss going. I'll start working out and that'll help me start losing some weight. And then I'll worry about my diet later. Oh my goodness. The gym is full of people who are doing that, trying that. And maybe they lost two pounds in the last six months and that's it. And they probably feel better because exercise is wonderful, but they're not losing any substantial amount of weight. And that is because your body does not want to. <laughs> and so if you start burning more calories, then your body will gradually encourage you to eat a few more calories. It'll bump your cravings up. And before you know it, very slyly here and there, you'll eat just a little bit more and a little bit more, and you won't even notice it just enough to balance out all the exercise you've been doing. And then you find yourself at basically net zero, no weight lost. And I'm not saying that's bad. The exercise is wonderful for you. But this, if you want to really lose weight and keep it off, this whole approach theory of, oh, I'll start working out and, you know, that'll get the weight loss kickstarted and then I'll worry about my diet later. That probably is not going to work. And then the other thing, you're probably not going to worry about your diet later because let's be honest, changing our diet is a crap ton harder for most of us than it is to work out consistently. Next up, last one here. Oh man, I just can't figure out why I'm not losing weight. I mean, I do so good. I do so good. And then I lose like one pound. Or I don't lose any weight, and then I just give up. Well, I can't say for certain, right? Because I'm not in your life. I'm not a little birdie sitting on your shoulder. But here's what I know. After 20-plus years of coaching people, whenever someone says this, I'm like, okay, let's, let's dig in. Let's get to the bottom of it. Let's figure out what's going on. Let's do a super detailed two-week food journal. Nothing. Don't exclude anything. I don't care if it's a packet of ketchup. Whatever. I want to know every single thing that goes in your mouth for two weeks. Very often, 
when we do this, the person will get two or three days into this process and they're like, nope, Corey, never mind. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sending that two-week food journal. I, uh, I see what's going on here. I can see it myself. And then the other really sad thing that will happen sometimes is that people will just totally ghost me and they won't even respond. They won't even come back with their two-week food journal or they won't even respond with, ah, I see what's going on. It's like once they were forced to face the reality of what they were truly eating and maybe how incongruent what they were thinking they were doing versus what they're actually doing was, how much they were kind of lying to themselves underneath the radar, they didn't realize it. Once they're forced to face that, maybe they just get embarrassed. Maybe it's shame. I don't know. I hate that. I wish it wasn't the case. But a lot of times what we think we're doing in our level of consistency and adherence that we think we're at versus what reality is, is very, very different. So if you think you're doing so good, but you're losing like one pound, I tell people all the time, there's always a reason. There's always a reason. This is science. And if we dig in deep enough, we'll figure it out. And yes, there is a very small percentage of people who maybe have hormonal issues or, you know, metabolism issues or whatever. And for those people, it's going to be incredibly hard. But that again is a very, very, those people won the terrible genetics lottery. <laughs> and imagine how many times have you won the lottery, right? If you play the lottery, I don't know. I don't really play the lottery, but if you do, it's not easy to win the lottery. My point is, it's a very small percentage of people. So don't instantly think, oh, that's me. That's me, Corey. That's me. No, maybe not. Maybe not. It might be. I'm not saying, I don't know, but there's a good chance it isn't. And then here's the thing, even if it is, even if your genetics are crap and you got hormones working against you and whatever, what good does it do to just sit back and wallow in that and feel bad for yourself? It's not helpful. Okay. Okay. So let's move forward. All of these things, everything I just shared, all this stuff that can really sabotage you, they're all representative of of what I would kind of call the check the box mentality. Now, checking the box can be a good thing if you have a plan and you know exactly what you're doing and you're like, oh, I don't really want to eat vegetables today at lunch. But Uh, Corey said to eat vegetables, so I'm just going to check the box and eat them anyway. That can be a good thing. But in the grand scheme of weight loss, sometimes we just just feel like we should be losing weight or we just feel like, man, I need to do something over here in this area of my life with weight loss. And so we'll just throw something in there like, oh, I'm going to cut out sugar. Oh, I'm going to kind of do keto, whatever, in order just to check that box in our brain so we can move on with life. And there are some really big problems with that mentality, with that approach, and with these thoughts and sayings that I've mentioned today. The first big problem is that there's really no plan. Like we just are throwing something out there, but we don't have a plan. If you wanted to build a house for you and your family, you wouldn't go, well, let's just go buy some wood. You would have a plan. You would have a, you would have blueprints. You would have, you know, people there to help you, builders and architects or engineers. And there would be a clear cut plan and framework and blueprint to what you were going to do. It may sound silly, But a lot of us really need that when it comes to weight loss and being successful with our body. So that's one big problem with everything I've shared today. There's there's no plan. The second problem is that deep down, there's really no commitment to change. And that, oh, that is so apparent when I, with these statements like, uh, you know, man, I can just eat the same thing. Just tell me, I'll eat whatever you tell me. Just tell me what to eat. That person, whether they realize it or not, often they're looking for a quick fix. And there's no commitment to change. And The last thing with this mentality, this check-the-box mentality and all these approaches is that there's a lot of half-hearted shoulds. 
it's like, I feel like I should, or everyone else is doing it. So I'll just check the box. I should be doing this. I should be getting better results. Should, should, should. And those shoulds are just, they can lead to shame. They can lead us to making bad decisions. Shoulds tend to not be very helpful in our life. So what's the solution? The solution's the opposite of what I just said. There's no plan. So we need to get a, and I've talked about this before on the podcast. We need to get a plan. We need a structured, flexible, progressive plan. SFPP. We need a structured plan that is also flexible and can kind of bend and bow with us and, and, and really kind of flex and move with as we move through life. But this plan needs to also be progressive. Like imagine if you're just building the house, right? If the architect came over and goes, here's the blueprints of the house. And we just dropped off all of the materials you need at the, at the uh, site, at the land. And here you go, build the house, start tomorrow. And there's a ton of, can you imagine everything, right? All that material, the wood and the nails and the screws and the bolts and the shingles and the, the drywall and the brick and the concrete. And it's all just piled up there. What? This is totally overwhelming. Exactly. That's why we need a plan that's progressive, that starts and gradually builds. Structured yet flexible, progressive plan. That's what I do inside my coaching group. That's what I encourage you to look for with your weight loss solution. And then lastly, we not only need a plan, we need to commit to it. We need to commit to it and we need to watch out for shoulds. Commit to going, okay, this is my path moving forward. I'm going to do this, focus on this. I'm going to let those other non-helpful things that always sabotage me. I'm going to let those go. I'm committing to this. I'm focused and I'm going to watch out for those shoulds because I don't want to get sucked into that. Okay, guys, this episode's gone longer than I anticipated. I hope it's been helpful. I hope you'll share it with someone else who might find it helpful. And then maybe the two or three of you will discuss it because that's how you really get the most out of this podcast or I believe the most out of anything in life is by listening or reading and then discussing and learning as a group. And I hope, lots of hope in this episode, I also hope if you have a question or something you want me to cover that you'll shoot me a message. I talked about this, I think, in the last episode. Shoot me a message on Instagram at CoreyLittleCoach or via email support at CoreyLittleCoaching.com. I'll include both of those down in the show notes. And then last but not least, I also hope that you know and you never forget that there's so much more to you than a number or a shirt size or a pant size. You are more than a number. You're a, a freaking incredible human being with so many talents and gifts. Don't ever forget that. And losing weight is amazing, and I love helping people do it, but losing weight is really all about gaining life and living the life you've always wanted. And here's the thing. Turn up the volume. I know you can do it. I believe in you. Even if you don't believe in yourself, that's okay. You keep coming back. I'll keep working on you. We will get you there, my friend. Take care. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. You could have spent it anywhere, and I'm honored you were with me. God bless. Bye-bye.